we have reached the final episode of season two. And as always, I'm very appreciative to all my guests, to all my listeners, and I am absolutely excited to be taking a little break because, listen, (laughs) being a soul person as a podcaster can be a little taxing, but also, as always, rewarding as a creative. I will be taking a little break, but I will be back in the fall for season three, and I am absolutely excited for the topics that I have in store. In this episode, I am chatting with Angela Duckett, fellow podcaster of Authenticity Over Everything. And as you can tell by the title, this episode is about authenticity. If you haven't checked out my previous episode about vulnerability called Forbidden Emotion, definitely go check it out because it kind of gives a little background to the extension of this topic. Angela and I share our discoveries in coming into our authentic self and how that has led us into creating a podcast platform where we're able to share that with the world. This episode is also dedicated to Carla Wilmaris, owner and founder of Idea to Launch, where you're able to learn all the ins and outs of creating and starting your own podcast. Let's get started. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. I want us to talk about vulnerability versus authenticity. Sometimes it feels like it's the same thing. But when I looked up the definition, it said that vulnerability is actually a source of authenticity, right? They all kind of mirror each other. Vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity fall into the same bracket or bowl, but at the same time, they still have their own identity in some way. With you having your own podcast where the theme is authenticity over everything, how do you view vulnerability versus authenticity or do you even see them as the same exact thing that's interesting it's something that i have not quite thought about that in that particular way you know authenticity is my jam so i spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time deep diving into what is authenticity and what makes up a truly authentic person now I've spent far less time really studying and thinking about vulnerability, but I will say there's definitely an element of vulnerability that is involved in being your true authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I'll go a step farther to say that it is the vulnerability aspect of authenticity mostly keeps people from being their true authentic self. Yes. It is the criticism that may exist, Mm -hmm. right? I'm opening myself up for criticism if I say what I really think or how I really feel, or if I behave how I truly am. Even when we're, you know, in situations where we're being very careful about our behavior. Yes. All stuffed up, you Mm -hmm. know, you really want to scream to the top of your lungs, but you scan the room and you realize, you know, you would be the only one. And so you don't, but that's truly how you feel in the moment. 
moment. It could be a game. It could be a card game. And so, you know, when you play cards with your family and your friends, you're the one slamming the table. You're the one (laughs) with all the smack talk. You're the one sending people down the river, you know, Mm -hmm. but you find yourself in a new environment. And immediately you will suppress who you are because it takes a ton of vulnerability to walk into a room and just be you in every environment, whether other people are doing it or not, because there's a lot of criticism. You know, Mm -hmm. there's two sides to that coin. I've definitely been accused of the, you know, she's so she's too much. I've heard that statement quite a few times in my life, right? Curing myself of, you know, feeling the weight of she's too much and just be myself. Mm -hmm. is one side of it. The other side of it is there's a whole cultural learning that needs to happen that we need to stop squashing people's energy. Let people be who they are. Right. You know what I mean? So there's two sides to that. So that vulnerability piece, it really falls in right there because we're always feeling we're like we're open to criticism. We're open to judgment. And they definitely do go hand in hand. I I can definitely see the marriage between vulnerability. and authenticity because in order to be yourself you got to be vulnerable very much so I was always known as the hood girl like I talk ebonics I talk slang and I'm very energetic I'm very funny and there are times you know that I could get very mellow and in my zone but when I'm in a good energy space that's who you're gonna get although I believe in professionalism I've learned how to balance professionalism and still being myself without now taking on an identity that people would deem this is proper, right? be proper. You know, I've had certain work environments that people are like, oh my gosh, Shay, like, wait, quiet down. Or I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, I hear what you're saying. And there are moments I did have to catch myself learning experience. But then there were other moments where I told myself, did this take away from the work I was doing? Did this take away from the way my bosses, supervisors, coworkers would view me? And the only way they would view me otherwise is based on their perception of what proper looks like. That's what I say. It takes two sides. It takes two sides, right. You being free to be you and the powers that be in this circumstance, the, you know, the bosses, the leaders in the workplace, allowing Mm -hmm. you to be who you are and not judging that that's going to impact your work, that Mm -hmm. it impacts your intelligence. You know what I mean? I can look at you and say, okay, so she doesn't talk like me. He doesn't talk like me. He has a very thick accent, whatever. Mm -hmm. These are all the things that we judge people on, but that doesn't take away from his intellect, his thick accent. That's the issue in my own head. If I look mm-hmm. at someone and they have a think a thick accent and I all of a sudden begin to make assumptions about their abilities, Very those types of so. things happen big time in the workplace. And I think you really hit on something as black women in the workplace. Yes. We suffer so much Very trying much so. to be secure and in our identity, who we are in the workplace, because a lot of those corporate workspaces in particular are not our spot. They're not designed for us. We are othered. We are the others. We are often the only or just a few of us. It's like you got to go there, not just to do the work, but to fight to be heard, to fight to be understood, mm-hmm. to fight respected. to be valued, to fight to be respected. A lot of that comes from not being comfortable with being who you are. Really struggled with that girl for a long time in corporate America, because right. for me, it was all wrapped around how I talk. 
And it was the issue that I suffered from in my head tremendously. I'm quite a nerd. Yeah. Let me tell you why authenticity is so doggone juicy a topic for me. Because I failed at being authentic so much trying to fit in. I grew up hood adjacent. I call it hood adjacent because we wasn't in the hood, but girl let me out that door and I was going <laughs> right there. You know what I'm saying? With all of my friends in a very black neighborhood, black schools, super good grades, nerdy. I get to college. I go to a predominantly white university. And it was literally the first time I was like, okay, I'm different. Yeah. Because all of my environments didn't make me feel different. I was right in. So here mm-hmm. I am. My intellect in my head graduated me to a space where nobody looks like me for the first time in my life. My university classes were predominantly white and Asian men. I was always, and do you hear me when I tell you, always the only black woman in my classes. Sometimes there was another black man, but I was always the only black woman. So my intellect brought me here and everything else about me was hella uncomfortable. I don't communicate like them. So I'm sitting, you listen to the professor. I'm digesting the work. Like we're all digesting the work. I got it. I heard every word he said. I got it. I try to talk to my peers about it and they twist their head to the side. They have no idea what I'm saying. A real literal communication barrier. And thus starts my insecurities with communication. Communicating was actually happening in my head. So I can do the work on paper. I'm acing it. But every time I attempt to communicate about the work, you know, I get the Snoopy, whoa, you know, people look at me like, what is she talking about? Right. On paper and it's right. I got an A plus. That nuance graduated with me all the way into my corporate America experience. I got the intellect. It's a little monster that you can't Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I could do the work well, can't communicate, can't communicate about it well was like the little message that was constantly in my head. And I carried that with me for so long. So I can't just take all the responsibility for that. So yes, there's what was going on in my head, problem Mm -hmm. A, but there is a problem in the workforce, right? Right. So then when I met with the true bias and the true expectation that I'm going to be less than, you know, my work is going to be less quality. And it was just a mess. I would try to talk like them. It would fail every time. Really, I just sounded even more ridiculous at the end of the day. Right. Trying right. to, you know what I mean? Use words that are not in my vocabulary. And I'm a very simplistic, mm. even in my communication style now, I keep it simple. I don't need to use big words to impress you. I like to just say what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> and keep are you, it. Like, are you my twin? Yeah, <laughs> this I, is crazy. And so long story short, with my corporate experience, I was so, I was always known for excellence constantly called on she's the person that can get it done put it in right but she's not the person that we want to do the presentation you you know when that lifted off of me and my career took off when I made the shift in my own mind and said I'm going to speak like me right I'm going to talk like me if slang slips out in the middle of me explaining this document to you then it's just out there I am not tailoring my speech anymore I'm going to be me I'm going to talk about it in these really small words Mm -hmm. right that make it really clear really plain corporate America is one of the earliest battlegrounds for myself about Mm. being myself one of my earliest practice grounds and it works it's so much better this way I'll be in the middle of a meeting and if I feel like it's derailed hold up hold up y'all hold up like that's exactly what I'm going to say because that's me 
and sometimes you get a little twinge somebody's like whoa that's kind of that's a little bit much (laughs) I move past it I just blaze forward and keep going I'm at the top of my game I love everything you just said because I resonate with it all and that's why I'm like are you my twin because it sounds like the same story in essence not completely you ever see those things uh either videos YouTube Instagram or whatever where a black woman walks in and when she's talking to um the stereotypical Caucasian names hey Bill how are you yes John yes I will be in that meeting this evening and then as soon as she sees the stereotypical black names Tyrone or Jerome yo Jerome you meeting me by the cooler later all right dog I see you it's like we are catering who we are to who we are interacting with yeah I don't do that at work no more girl it's Everybody. like we enter, hey girl. right? And we enter. I say, "Hey, boo!" all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> we enter the workspace where we're coming in as an actor because we're we're diving into multiple identities based on yeah. who we're interacting with because we want to give them an illusion of who we are when it comes to like vocabulary because of the slang and you know sometimes the ebonics or whatever word you prefer to use i began to take on that also my own thoughts that became toxic that became insecure so if i was around a, a another person that had quote unquote, a higher level of intellect, I felt like mine did not compare. And then I took that in every area of my, uh, of my life, either it be, oh, I can't do this work or no, I'm not this, um, intelligent or even spiritually where I would be around certain people and they look like, Ooh, they are spiritually high intelligent. (laughs) They know all the scriptures. They know how to break it down. I took that same monster, that same insecurity and applied it even in that area. Once I started to do the healing work, I would say in the past four, three years and realizing the beauty of who I am and what I bring to the table and having a community of sisters, sisterhood, or even dope men that are around you that are also self-aware to kick you in the butt and be like, what are you saying? This is what I see in you. This is what you bring to the table and do not compare yourself to others to determine what your intellect level is. You know, I had to realize intellect is not one dimensional. There's various forms of what intellectual looks like, but it took me until I'm like 35, 36 to understand that because again, we did not understand the beauty of authenticity or vulnerability because we were basing it on the definition that we've been told or that we've seen either through our family, our friends, or even in the media that don't show your true self, guard yourself, put on a different identity. Because like you said, you not only do not want to be criticized, but the note that I wrote here is that you don't want to be taken advantage of. Yes. And that was, and you know what, when you, when you speak historically, we have just reasons to have put up of course those exact defenses because there was a time that that was definitely true you know what I mean if it, you you could be easily taken advantage of you know you speak a certain way we still have challenges right of in course. society now of course. but it's not quite that way anymore right mm-hmm. we really do have much more sure footing and I think that 
one of the things, even with the podcast and why I'm talking about authenticity and these types of topics Mm -hmm. is number one, to empower other people. There are people still in bondage. There are people, Chase and I, that are not quite with us. They're still there. They're still showing up at work every day, suffering, you know, to try to shed some light and show people that it is okay to just be yourself. Correct. You know what I mean? Try it out one day, Mm -hmm. you know, and it takes a real self-awareness to, to say your, Hey boo, Mm -hmm. and truly not even look back to see who responded, how, you know, and once you do that a few times, it's game over. It's changed. The game will change for you in your environment when you are truly yourself and truly unbothered by other people's reactions to it. And so because my journey in corporate America has been so long and so challenged with, you know, my identity, I really can truly say that as a leader now with my staff, when I hire people, I just need to understand you. You know, and I just made to make sure I can comprehend and let me see the work that comes out of it. You don't need to talk a certain way in order to impress me, in order for me to say good job, because I'm not here for you to be an oratorical speaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like let's real talk okay why we're here let's get the work done and as long as the work is done and we can communicate I'm not gonna put any pressure on you none of no one I have has worked for me can ever say that I've put that kind of pressure on them to be something that they're not do you believe uh there is such a thing called strategic vulnerability and what I mean by that the fear of being criticized or taken advantage of but like in my previous uh, episode uh, where I speak about vulnerability and I call it the forbidden emotion, one of the guests mentioned intelligent trust, where it means you understand when to share and when to be silent. I think, yeah, it is important to understand there are certain individuals that may not be ready or deserving of hearing maybe your trauma story, you know, certain areas of your being that we would deem as vulnerable. So I I think that's important. But when it comes to being my authentic self, I don't think there's a strategic element. Because if I'm trying to be strategic, I think we're going exactly back to what we said we were doing. Who can I be me around? Let me, let me be cautious. Or I just thought of it just now where sometimes we we're wanting to be ourselves, but we, we have the wheel in our brain that is already going that, okay, if I say this, or if I act like that, they may think this. So I, let me tailor this a little bit. It's like, you are already Mm. formulating how you're supposed to be to this individual or in this crowd or, you know, space. So it's like, you're truly not being yourself because you're calculating already all the different outcomes. You know, when I hear you say that one word comes to mind for me and that's wisdom, you got to use wisdom Mm -hmm. and let's add to that maturity. Yes. Right. You have to have wisdom. You have to have maturity. I dare to even say some of that may come from your good old fashioned home training Mm -hmm. because every story is not for everybody. I'm sure we've all encountered people who terribly overshare. You know, I just met you an hour ago. Why are you telling me about your children's father who's in prison? Who I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's that's your truth. And I'm not going to deny you that Own your truth. But there's wisdom. You know what I mean? So when you talk about it's interesting when you were talking, it made me think authenticity is who you are. Vulnerability is how much of it you're willing to share and when. Right. Vulnerability is not who you are. Your authentic truth is who you are. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is sharing. 
So it's like, uh, you know, a noun and an action word, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just got to use wisdom because everything is not for every environment and every, you know, and, and every person. Right. Are we talking about intimate relationships, sharing how much vulnerability goes there versus how much vulnerability goes with your boss for right. a job you just started three weeks ago? Yeah. You know, and you should use, I'd like to call it boundaries. You should boundaries. use boundaries. You know what I mean? With, you know, how much of your authentic self you're willing to be vulnerable with. I love yes. that. They That's how they yes. partner together. That's if how they partner. Versus how much you're willing to share and right. at what point in time. But how do we maneuver uh, through both in a cancel culture that we're in, especially on social media? We know how celebrities, they have their PR person right to yeah. kind of put out the fires or kind of determine what you can share and how much of yourself that you can be we have certain celebrities that we see where we're just like we feel like we really know them so to say because now in social media everybody could be their own version of a celebrity right you could be a, <laughs> you could be an influencer you could be this have, have followers and you know all these there's certain people that are influencers or whatever bloggers that have more followers than certain celebrities true right it's so in this environment that everybody has some type of critique to say everyone is ready to utilize what you've said what you've done use it against you I guess again we're trying to figure out how do we maneuver with vulnerability and authenticity in that space you know you know what I notice about cancel culture I'd have to do a case study to see but I dare to say 99% of the time when you see someone being canceled, it's based on something that they have said about someone else or another group, right? Mm -hmm. They're speaking to mm -hmm. a group of people. They're speaking generalities about nationalities or generalities about one sure cure to cancel culture is keep other people out your mouth. And half the time when you look at cancel culture and the times that it has taken place and you really evaluate what they were saying and why, you That's know, true. it didn't add to what they were trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, you just went one step too far. With, you I know agree, what I mean? I agree, but I, I'm thinking like, does that now stifle our freedom to voice our opinions? That's another thing I'm realizing. Not right. only is it cancel culture, but it's also censorship. It's where it's just like, it is. if I have an opinion about how my president is running this country and I mention Obama, Trump, Biden, whatever, or if I have a situation with Black Lives Matter, either positive or negative, do I not have the freedom to express these thoughts without now a community or a group of people saying, we didn't want to hear that. We didn't like that. That's not what mm -hmm. we're going for. You are now canceled. Yeah. No, you know? I definitely see your point. And the censorship is not cool. It's not cool yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. And not only that, not, if you, not only just censorship, but like, where is that avenue where we're allowed to make a mistake? We're humans, celebrities and all. Where right. Where is that avenue where you're allowed to say, you know, that was terrible what I said. I know I've mm -hmm. got them in my pocket. Roll back through my life. There are moments where I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that your point everything with social media is so public now now you make your mistake you, you're making it publicly and you're mm -hmm. making it to where it's going to last for 
forever you know right. people not so easy right. for people to forget again i'm going to have to say that's one of those things that's two sides of the coin because cancel yes. culture is is controlled by us mm-hmm. we're the ones doing the canceling right and so i think we need to cancel cancel culture yes i think that's really you know <laughs> yes. what i mean and when you talk about in terms of cancel culture it's kind of the same thing We've mm-hmm. lost the separation, especially when you're talking about celebrities. I'll use Bill Cosby for an example. I'm not here to condemn or affirm his actions, to let the legal process run its course. But does that not mean that the Cosby show was not amazing? Iconic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when you look, use that analogy of people you work with, you know what I mean? You work with people all day who are not nice people at home. They got bad habits, you know, maybe <laughs> all, all kinds of things, you know, yeah. demons riding on them, mental problems, mm-hmm. you know, they abusing their family. To me, it's no different. That doesn't negate the excellent work that he did as a creator, as an artist. And so cancel culture says, pull all his stuff off the TV. We're mm-hmm. not going to air any more of those reruns. You know what I mean? We're going to continue to punish you down the line for who you are at home. And that same thing doesn't translate everywhere else in the world to normal people who are not celebrities. I think there are levels to that because I absolutely agree with that because I grew up on the Cosby show. Absolutely adore his his work and movement that he's been doing. And again, an unfortunate with what has occurred when I hear you say that what I'm thinking of is even in that I think there are levels right because if someone is doing an act which we would deem to be evil or very just like disgusting should there not be some type of accountability so in a certain level that yeah maybe to although your work was iconic (laughs) to not promote How much more accountability we gonna have? I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. That's the accountability that's been set up by the law of this land of the United States of America where we all reside. True, true. What more we want to do to the man? I hear you. I hear I guess I'm not even thinking about it from a Bill Cosby standpoint, because if I'm honest, I could be a little biased about that because it's it's such an iconic part of my childhood. And, you know, or like they were trying to do with R. Kelly. R. Kelly is also iconic, but I must yeah. admit, sometimes I'm like, yo, turn that R. Kelly song off. I ain't trying to, <laughs> I ain't trying to hear yeah. that right now because you, I think as humans, we, we do want to see a level of canceling that person because we feel like they deserve it based on their evil or messed up actions and I agree with what you said with Bill Cosby it's just like well he got jail time how much more do we want totally agree with you there but back to what you're saying I think even within cancel culture we do need that same element of wisdom and discernment you know specifically on like absolutely because you put your dollars behind what you want right right and that's really the bottom the bottom line is right individual each individual you have to decide you know where Mm -hmm. your money's gonna go if you deem that someone has done something that is so far gone that you know they don't uh, they don't get your support anymore. That's that's your choice, I yeah. would imagine. I mean, it's something we're all subject to. We're all subject to, exactly. We're all right? subject to it. And to kind of segue into podcasting, especially with, you know, authenticity and putting yourself out there, I'll share a little story. I, I deem myself to be a creative, right? I went to school for media and communication. And based on my personality, I'm a people person, I'm extroverted. And I've kind of calmed 
down as I've gotten older, I feel like I've found a sense of balance, which works for me and um, where I'm at right now in my life. I started getting all the ideas together, guests together, topics together. And when it came time to recording, things were just getting messed up technical difficulties, certain people were canceling, recording the episode wasn't going as I envisioned it. And I'm a planner. <laughs> I'm a planner. And if things start to get messed up, I get a little frazzled and I'm getting better at that as well. I got really discouraged because I felt like, am I even really supposed to do this? Are people going to be receptive to it? Who do I think I am? I don't think anybody cares. And I literally felt like I started getting an anxiety attack. And mind you, I was two hours away from a, another um, episode that I had to record. And I was like, I don't think I, I could do it. I think I'm just going to cancel, reevaluate. Should I be doing this podcast? Because it's not going to only be on IG. Like it's a podcast. People are going to listen. What are they going to think based on what I say? And something said, Shana, you have come a long way. You've done a lot of healing work. What is the reason for what you're feeling right now? Where is this coming from? And I had to take it back. It was coming from that little monster that I carried all those years, those insecurities. And when things start getting messed up, I'm thinking it's my fault. It must be something that I'm not doing right. This must be something I shouldn't be doing. I started thinking of all the reasons I wanted to start this podcast. And I started to affirm myself like, you're not only doing this for you to continue to be a creator or creative, but you're doing this for your listeners for a specific reason. You're not looking for clout. You're not looking for followers. Yes, it's nice, uh, a benefit to come with it, but you want to share your experiences with people because that's who you are. Kid you not, Angela, I switched off all the lights in my room. I sat there. I did a little breathing exercise and I said, you can do it. Rebuke these thoughts that are telling you that you cannot do this and you're not doing it. And I even took a moment to speak to God and I said, also give me wisdom to know. Because sometimes there are certain things that we get into that we really didn't need to get involved in or take on a new project. You know, we just feel like, well, I want to do it. So let me go just go and do it. But I also asked the most high. I said, I really, truly believe you placed this on my heart to do. So if that's the case, give me the strength and rebuke these negative thoughts. And I was just like, all right, turn back on the lights. And I'm like, girl, you got it. I just said, be you. Went in the recording and I was just relaxed. It was just great. And it, was, it ended up being the first episode, which I sat down with my ex of seven years because people were wondering, how are you guys still able to be friends? Like, that doesn't make sense. So the episode was just basically talking about our dynamic. And till this day, that's probably one of the most favorite episodes that listeners tell me. They're just yes. like, oh my gosh, it was just so relaxed. It was so relatable. And from then on, I continued. Even with this podcasting journey, I had to even learn that lesson of authenticity. That exactly experience you described. I've definitely had that experience with other adventures. Um, Not with this one. It's been a little different this time with this one, um, with the podcast. I've been like like you, very much a creator for a long time. I have a history as an actor, as a director, as a producer, I've run a production company, done a lot of different things creatively. And so I always have lived my whole life bouncing from one creative adventure to, okay, what's Mm -hmm. next? That's my playground. You know what I mean? That's that's what I enjoy. It's part of authentically who I am. When I decided on a podcast, 
podcast and I was going through uh, the work, like you said, in the podcast course that we both took Mm -hmm. to discover what my topic was, I really was just churning around with what is it that I want to say? It -hmm. was there. It was bubbling up. I feel it on the inside of me, what the message is and the messages for women, the messages is my truth. Some of the things that I've been through and to help women not go through some of the things that I've been through. You know, I want to tell you, I want to tell you all about it. And I want to talk to other women. I want to see how they got through it. How did you, how did you conquer this? How are you doing this? Let me look at this bold, authentic thing that you're doing and let's tell people about it. So other people can get comfortable. I was listening to an interview, Pastor Mike Jr., He's mm-hmm. a he's a pastor and he's a music artist. I'm still not a very big follower or fan of his to know mm-hmm. who he was, but Pastor Mike Jr. said he made an analogy to your cell phone. Face ID works on your cell phone. You know, you want to open the phone and you just put it up to your face and it identifies you and it opens. And he made the analogy to the open doors of purpose in your life. You know, spiritually speaking, those of us who are spiritual, I'm a Christian, you know, there's uh, talk about open doors. You know what I mean? God opening doors or God closing doors. And, you know, God, where's my open door? You know, I've been trying for so long and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that, but the doors are just not opening. So the question is, are you showing up at the door as yourself? Who are you masquerading as? And so a lot of times I I really, that really connected for me because, you know, 21 years in Hollywood, I've been in some rooms with some big names and some big spaces and I've had a lot of success. But for me, it's always gone just so far, Mm -hmm. always just to a limit, but not over the top, not where I think that I'm called to or not, you know, it's like, I know there's more. I was like, that's it the doors that have not swung open or have not opened as wide as I felt like I was ready for is because I was not my true authentic self standing at the door. I was showing up like I've prepared myself to be everything I think you needed. You know what I mean? I starved myself thin. I'm 119 pounds now. Am I, am I good enough? Right. All these things. And so, and that's when it really dawned on me that authenticity has been my own personal biggest hindrance. Show up as yourself. Yeah. You know, and I have countless memories and stories of times where I felt terribly insecure or not just insecure, but unsure of myself. Right. Once I get to the table, once I get to the big moment, to the big stage, I'm like, hell, why is this so awkward? Girl, (laughs) because you don't know who you are. Awkward because you don't know who you are, girl. And so I started to really double back and I say, okay, this is not my first creative adventure, Mm -hmm. but this time, baby, you get me. You're getting yes. slang talking me. You're getting a little bit of intellect. You're going to get some scripture because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. You're getting all of me. All of the greatest desires that you have in your life are waiting for you to show up as you. So right. let's talk about that. What right. does it mean to be you? Okay, is it what my mama told me? Is it the household that I came up in and all the rules that were in my household? Does that make me? The father knew what he was doing when he made you and everything that's in you. It's already in there. So first off, let's start there. The answers are not outside. The answers to all of who you are are already inside of you. Your character, your morals is one of them, your spiritual beliefs. And so it gets complex because there's different categories. All these different things make up who you are. And I think one of the tangles we get caught up in is we're holding real close to one of them and we're constantly balancing which one we're going to be in every environment. 
Exactly. Because I'm loving everything that you're saying, understanding what it means to be you and asking that question, because I believe it's a journey and it's a journey because in our development and growing up, we're defining that by, like you said, our parents, our church family, if that's if that's a part of it, school, work environment, intimate relationships. So it's like everything is stifling our own understanding with our creator of like, yeah, who am I? Who have I come to be? And what is my purpose? Because questioning, like a lot of times we feel like purpose. And I had to learn that that a lot of times purpose is what I've come to do, which I believe that's an element of it. But your purpose is truly who you've who you have come to be, you know, like, who Mm -hmm. are you? And what is the work that you are going to accomplish based on having that self awareness. And that's why I came about with she discovered because there was a lot of unlearning I had to do and now do a whole bunch of relearning, not only with things that I deem to be absolute truth in a lot of different areas, but also a lot of things that I deem to be true about myself. And I had to unlearn or my family or marriage relationships everything it was like a new discovery not only through the experiences of my lens but through the lens of others because many times we have this thing of like okay it's the way I see it my narrative that only matters which is true we love the concept of own your truth but there are very much other people's perspectives and stories that kind of coexist with your own and that's very very much important as well. I love the the arena of podcasting because as creatives, it allows us to be like our own radio personality, you know, having our own creative platform. We kind of are the boss on how we want it to sound, how we want it to look. We don't have to really answer to no one. Maybe our listeners a little bit. And why I say that, not completely, but understanding like what people would like to hear, what is resonating with your listeners and so forth and you can cater to that but for the most part it's the same way as writing a book or a person that wants to self-publish and have the control I would say the first thing to podcasting is basically just start writing I've said that multiple times because I'm also a self-published author people ask so what's the first step of writing your own book same thing what's the first step (laughs) of doing podcasting just start writing your right. theme, your ideas, your right. topics. Discover who would you your message. Discover yeah. your message. Who do you want to come on if that's the thing? Do you want to be solo where you're the only one talking? But I ain't going to lie, girl. It's a lot of work, though. What? I'm not going to retell that story quite that way and make it sound like it's all so simple. Like, all you got to do is just go ahead and write something. It's it a is. lot of work, especially if you have in your mind a vision of a certain level level of how you want to podcast Mm because right now people are podcasting on all levels because girl we are our promoter our editor we are the recorder we are the the pr we are like everything in one right because we're doing this solo per se but when i say like just start it's just like that's the beginning stages but that's not everything you have to calculate in equipment even if you're just doing it on your phone what type of phone are you using you want good quality um if you're not doing it what kind of mic and for you and i we took the same course right so shout out to 
Carla Wilmaris. I'm, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing Carla's name right, but she has um, a program called Idea to Launch, where you can launch your podcast in 30 days. And we both did that course and it was exceptional. And that's how we even, re, um, you know, met because you reached out to me. You took the course. We're in a, I think um, I first saw your artwork. I don't know if uh, it was on that uh, private group. Facebook or she shared the artwork somewhere. She shared mm-hmm. it in the course. Uh, she showed us in the course. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. And I think I sent <laughs> you a private message. Yes, you like, did. Your artwork. Yeah. Yes, you did. And I appreciate it because you're dope. And then finding out about your podcast. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I resonate with her so much. And I think that's the beauty of podcasting is that everyone has the opportunity to share themselves, to yeah. share what they're learning or whatever the theme, whatever you want to bring out, either if it's music or you want to talk about dating, whatever. marriage. But you know what? I think I want to commend you um, even getting through that little moment of, you know, panic, anxiety. What in the world am I doing out here in the Mm -hmm. streets telling Mm -hmm. all my business? Because it's not easy that Mm. you are willing to talk and share and share about, you know, the journey between you and your ex Mm -hmm. and different things because so many people are suffering. And I just really feel if more people would be open and honest about what they've been through, what they're going through, you know, we like to make it all look like it's roses, right? No, baby. And I'm free though. I'm free from that stuff I've been through. Mm -hmm. I'll be doggone if you get me to tears about any of that stuff anymore, but there's no shame on it. I don't feel shame about what I've been through, baby. Let me help you. Let me help Mm -hmm. you before you make the same mistake. Thank you for your words. And same thing with you. I love that you are providing a space for women to learn, to be empowered. And like you said, to have no shame and just to be themselves. Right. And again, to everyone, we're not going to go into all the mechanics of how to begin a podcast. Definitely check out Idea to Launch. You can see it on Instagram and it's how to launch a podcast in 30 days and it breaks down all the mechanics. Carla Wilmaris really does her thing. She's friendly, she's relatable, and she really guides you through it um, with the Facebook private group. But also she even talks to you on the side if need be, you know, I've yeah. had that experience where I DM her or emailed her and she was you know very much willing absolutely. to help me with the process yes right absolutely she um, really is and I, I will say I even I had paid for another course that wasn't anywhere near as good as mm. informative did not give me the information I needed to be successful so okay. yeah she's definitely yeah and I wouldn't do justice. I want to be honest too. I did do her course and I also did a second course, but I felt like that second course was also a good addition to Idea to Launch. And it was called The Gold Standard by Lene. And I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right, Lene Green. So I did both those packages and I kind of just catered to, you know, what I was able to do, the resources I had and like the kind of outlook that I wanted my, my podcast to have. So if of course, in the description, I'll let you guys know or tag these programs uh, so you could also have them if need be. So as we wrap up, Angela, and I definitely enjoyed this episode like Yay, tremendously. So fun. Tremendously, tremendously. So what do you want the listeners to know 
um, on top of what you've already said about your podcast, like can, where they can find you, all your handles, your websites, how do you plan on moving forward with this podcast? So authenticityovereverything.com is the website. Um, on IG is authenticity.over dot everything. I also have a book club community, Authenticity mm-hmm. Over Everything Book Club. I'm working on a book, The Ten okay. Tenets, or maybe it's 12. Girl, I'm writing 10 Tenets of Authenticity, 12 Tenets of Authenticity. We'll see what oh, it'll be. But um, and so it's really going to be a framework to go through um, on the podcast. You'll see guests every week. Mm-hmm. They're all different. When you get the 10 Tenets book in your hand, you'll see how every conversation falls into one of them. You know, there's very specific topics that we're covering. And, um, you know, ultimately, I want people to really be free and comfortable to be who they are. That's Mm -hmm. what the whole journey is about. Can't walk Mm -hmm. in purpose. You can't find your purpose being someone else. And so many of Uh. us are being or trying to be, even subconsciously, we've taken on pieces of others' desires and other people's wishes for us. And it's not really what we want. And it takes a lot of courage to break out of a mold mm-hmm. and say, okay, I've created this nice cocoon for myself, but in my heart of hearts, it's not what I want. You know, I want something else. And so I'm going to choose something else. I'm going to be brave and do what's really inside of me. I heard a quote and I said this to myself because I wanted that to now be what was building in my subconscious is I no longer longer want to be comfortable in an identity that is not mine yes no longer thank you for listening to this week's episode i hope you've gained some knowledge insight and clarity in this moment creating your own inner discoveries tune in again with new episodes released every tuesday And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.